Shumai, Kreuzer, and welcome to episode three of the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket podcast with me, Alain Rees-Chivers. Today we're heading off to Pontypris, where the cricket club has reached its 150th anniversary. You'll hear the voices of Roy Hope and Tony Hallett, long-standing members of the club who, as well as being players, have held almost every admin role at the club and within the representative cricketing bodies of South Wales. Before them, we have an interview with local librarian and cricket fan Edwina Smart, giving us a potted history of the club's origins and its development. Along the way, we have a few more famous guests sending their birthday greetings to Ponty. So without further ado, here's Stephen's interview with Edwina, followed firstly by Roy and then by Tony. Could you say a little bit first about your connection with cricket? Yeah, um, basically my family have been connected with Pontefree's Cricket Club for many, many years. It started when South Africa came to Pontefree many years ago in Anderson Harrod Park. And I was introduced to the game by a very friendly Liverpool couple who sat behind us. After that, my two boys played through all age groups in Pontefree's Cricket Club, eventually ending up in the first team on a regular basis. Their dad sadly only managed to play a few first team games, but he more often captained the thirds and the fourths. As a family, we've organised several intergenerational games, acted as tea lady, uh, sort of literally carting children round in cars to various games. Latterly, Mr Smart ran and organised junior games uh, for many, many years. Uh, As a town librarian, uh, we sort of actively look at all the sports in town and we actually collect all the materials for the archives. You're also a cricket fan in a much bigger sense with Glamorgan and indeed England. You'd say a little bit about that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I've been going down to the Glamorgan Games for many, many years. And the last few years, I've been working with the ICC as a host, looking after the VIP. So I've met very many, well, famous people in the cricket world. Really enjoyed it. Okay, great. Um, Now, as a librarian, you found a particular kind of uh, um, document that we're going to chat a little bit about. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, looking in our archives, we've got Pontypridd Cricket Club, 1870 to 1970, with lots of tales and adverts and lots of interesting facts about Pontypridd that I didn't know about as a librarian. Okay, so looking at that document, how did the club uh, start and develop in its early years? Well, cricket was actually mentioned in uh, local newspapers around the 1850s, but it wasn't anything official. But then uh, Saturday, May the 14th in 1870 was the day that the cricket club was formed. And it started with a publican's 11 drawn from the local area of Pontypridd and Ronda in a match that was due to start at two o'clock. But as often we know with things like this, the starting time arrived and no sign of the visiting team. So there was lots of attempts to track them down and they eventually found the team in the Newbridge Arms pub. And apparently there was a very heated discussion over who was going to be in the side, who was going to be the captain, who was going to keep wicket. And eventually, by quarter past three, they had reached agreement. But, as you can gather by this time, the publicans 11 are on the wrong side of, as they say, sobriety. <laughs> and it was really to, con- to play a game of cricket, not that sort of thing to be doing. So they decided on early tea, but unfortunately somebody decided to bring out champagne. 
rather than tea. So it was rather a drunken uh, Publicans 11 that finally appeared, but they reached 58 and the Pontypris team emerged victors by seven men uh, due to a sterling performance by uh, Timothy Martin. So the game was played on the grounds of Gatley Rosted House, who was then owned by Mr. Rea, the local landowner. He saw the need for the local cricketing community to have somewhere to play, so he offered them the ground. So that ground has been used previously for an annual fair, so you can imagine what the track was like, not very smooth. And uh, those gentlemen, I think, formed a little bit of a basis of the cricket team. Okay, and so from those early days and those early sort of um, meetings of cricket as, a, as a, another way of socialising, did the club develop from there? It did. It sort of continued to uh, play regularly and it was places like Caddickston in Neath, uh, New Tredega, Pentra, Macken, Triorchy. And eventually, um, Mr Gordon Lennox in 1873 of the chain uh, factory of Messrs Brown and Lennox and he, he really noticed that there was a need for a better pitch so he offered them part of the Lennox farm which is now on Anderson Harrod Park. Anderson Garrett at that time is becoming a, a really important sort of leisure hub for the town. Can you say a little bit about that and how cricket fitted yeah. into all of that? The club was actually obviously in existence before all the parks sort of came about. But what happened then was that the town also had a Lido, they had tennis courts and lots of gardens. The, the park then became the absolute centre of Pontypridd and the outlying areas for all its leisure activities. And it was a very, very popular place for people to go. We've got Glamorgan uh, playing a game in uh, the park in 1929. And the funny story there is that South Africa arrived and they were met by the members of the club when they arrived at midnight. 3,000 people apparently paid £150 to see Glamorgan play Leicestershire in that year. So 1950. 1950. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then 51, uh, Bernard Hedges returned to score 83 against Usk. And there's other famous names in there, Wally Hoskins, Dil Volk. You have told me a little bit previously about this anniversary brochure, but it's quite a, a useful insight into the world of the 1970s. I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit. Yeah, the brochure is absolutely stacked with uh, adverts. Some of the things are still in existence today, and obviously some of them have gone, but it just shows you in the 70s how many independent uh, businesses were in the town and the surrounding area. The Lloyd Bridge Pharmacy, for instance, for the ladies, was doing facials for 15 shillings and sixpence and manicures for seven shillings and sixpence. I'm not quite sure how that would uh, translate in today's money. Mm -hmm. And Hopkins and Britain for, for modern menswear. Uh, again, this is something to think about for the 70s. Score a hit with our latest 24-inch PTU flares. So it's the latest high fashion shirts by Ben Sherman. Dalen, stockists for Levi, Wrangler and Lee Rider jeans. We've got video footage in the library uh, on our archive of buses going up and down the main shopping street and you couldn't uh, walk down the street easily because there were so many people. It was the place to go on Wednesdays and Fridays when the market was on. Very, very busy. 
So that was 1957. Well, uh, in those days, there was a youth team and only one youth team. There was no junior cricket as such. So you tended to, uh, you know, play in the youth team from the age of about 15, really, until 18. Actually born in Greenwich in London, but was only there for a couple of months. I was brought up in Tonopandi, Triallo in Tonopandi. My father had been in the army and my mother had been working in the Royal Artillery. Well, I obviously captained the club. Um, I was probably one of the youngest players to ever join the, the committee, probably in 1973. Um, <clears throat> and I was i was very quiet, never said a word to anybody. But um, uh, they convinced me to join the committee. And obviously I've been on there ever since. I was vice chairman, chairman. I was be, I became a life member 30 years ago. So, you know, obviously the, even then I was someone that was, well, stick, I have stickability, as my wife says. <laughs> Cricket, uh, I, I, I was immediately enthralled with it. There was no traffic at all in those days. We could play cricket in the streets, but there was plenty of back lanes. We could manage a game, you know. We played uh, with tennis balls and corkies, you know what they called them? Yes, we, would, we wouldn't have played uh, uh, on Saturdays. And, of course, in those days, there was no uh, Sunday cricket. But we used to play... Uh, we uh, uh, The one game I do remember was always uh, Easter... Always Whitson Tuesday... On Easter Tuesday, home and away against Newport Youth, and I do remember those games with uh, set, you know, with some sort of uh, uh, memory. They were very keenly contested games, but we also played um, other games as a youth team uh, at twenty over basis in evening time at Pontypridd. I would rush home from school and watch in my granny's house in a little black and white set, and my granny would stand on the door waiting for the bus, and she shouted, Tony, quick, you've got to catch a bus. And so, I, you know, I really, I've always been cricket mad. I managed to see some cricket at the over, because, as, as I said, I was born in Greenwich. My godparents still lived up there. And when we went to visit, I was taken to the Oval, about 58, watching Surrey play Nottinghamshire. And the same year, I watched Camorgan play New Zealand at Cardiff. League cricket in our area didn't start till 1968. So it was all uh, uh, friendlies, but uh, our fixture list was comparable with uh, when any, any other club uh, in Wales, really. Now, obviously, we played Cardiff, Newport, St. Fagans, Abergavenny. Uh, they were all the very good sides at the time. League okay. cricket had started in 68, but in 69 and 70, Pontypridd won it twice. They were very strong. I, I, I appeared once for the first in... 69, but uh, they, they, they had a very strong seam attack and I, I was nowhere near the picture. It wasn't until, well, I suppose I was lucky because when I came back in 71, they had an ace bowler called Peter Clarkson who played Lancashire League. He, he'd been offered a contract by Glamorgan, but he was earning more money outside cricket, so he didn't take it. But he left halfway through the season and there was a, a vacancy, which I, you know, uh, I had to fill his big boots uh, and it was very difficult, but... Uh, after a couple of years, you get into the swing of it, and it went all right. They were a fine side in 69 and 70, but to be fair, with losing Peter Clarkson, uh, and they, they were getting old together, we, we, weren't, we were competitive, and 
we won it. We won the league again in '77. We weren't the greatest side, but we played for each other and we won all the course finishes. Hello, this is Alan Wilkins, and I'm talking about Anderson Harrod Park, a lovely cricket ground for me. It goes back many years to my school days, when I was uh, a player with Wichich Grammar School. I remember playing Pontypridd Grammar School there. And I remember the one day I had a, a really good day, took eight for 15, never forget those figures, including a hat-trick. So as a young player, I was uh, very pleased with going up there to pont uh, Years later, my dad, Hayden Wilkins, who captained Cardiff, and uh, he did play for Glamorgan, but the war years thwarted his ambitions to play more cricket. But he would take me to go and watch cricket there, and it was wonderful to see... Uh, Glamorgan playing and sitting on those benches on the outside around the boundary. It was just memorable. And uh, as a broadcaster in 1994, I was very much involved with the South African cricket tour to this country. It was the first tour since their isolation, the first tour to this country. And I worked for BBC Wales in 1994. Glamorgan against the South Africans. It was just absolutely wonderful. Oh, those memories are good. Anderson Harrod Park, my memories as vivid then as they were as a schoolboy. I'd like to just say best wishes to everyone at Pontypridd Cricket Club on your 150th birthday. Very few people had car, had a car, so we used to be taken in taxis, Gibbs's taxis, I do remember it quite, we used to, you know, if it was, it might be two taxis, it could be three, generally it was two. Um, and of course, when we played Cardiff, we also went down by train on a few occasions. I played for a little side called Lucania. They played in Astrid. Lucania was a snooker hall in Tonopandi. That's where the name come from. So I played for them, thought I was playing test cricket. I thought it was marvellous. I had a terrible run-up. I could never get it right. For years, it was a big treat for us guys in Tonopandi. Catch a bus and go to the Anasarad Park. Because they had an outdoor swimming pool. Not very big, but we all went there when we were younger. But I would sneak across and watch the cricket. And, you know, there's be two or three hundred uh, watching the games in those days. So I did always want to play for Pond of Breathe. And a chance came along in this in 1969, which I blew. I wasn't fit enough, overweight and that. And a couple of years later, I went back. I got myself fit and I, I did all right, you know. Well, I started off as a Freddie Truman, the fast bowler. <laughs> but, of course, as I was about 11 stone and uh, soaking wet... Uh, it, that didn't last long. I then went on to bowl uh, slow bowling. And off, I bowled off spinners then for a long, long, long time. We had a chap playing for us who would have known Bernard called uh, Roly Edwards, another RAF man. Uh, and he, he instilled this into us. And I had the attitude was once you walked over the boundary, coming off the pitch, there's nothing else you could do in that game. You may as well enjoy yourself. And I always made a point, like Roly Edwards, of sitting with the opposition and, you know, chatting to him. And I made so many good friends through that, you know. The furthest we would travel at that time would be Ebervale. They were in our league and in the opposite direction, we had Penn Half. Well, when I was 14 years of age and I was always at the ground, you can imagine, I, you know, when anything on down there, I was, you know, I was running down it from school and all the rest of it. I went to school in Pontypridd. So obviously I was going from school straight to the ground. So the grounds, obviously the groundsman then, Wally Hoskin, who was also uh, coaching 
the the, youth, the youngsters in the club. He spoke to me when I was my last year in school and he said, how would you like to come and work on the ground when you leave school? I mean, I was so excited. I couldn't get home quick enough to tell my parents that I got a job when I finished in school in a year's time. And that's exactly what I did. I left school at 15 and uh, I went to work on the ground with Wally Hoskins. So apart from being a player there, I was the groundsman, an apprentice groundsman. But then in 1990, we joined the Premier League setup, where, whereas, uh, and we were we we got we were in the Premiership for about five seasons, with sides like Cardiff, Newport, and Abergavenny. Now these are sides that Pontypridd always played against 50 years ago until the league started, and it was nice to go back to those grounds to play, you know. During the 90s, with a groundsman called Arthur Williams, he'd been there about 20 years. And of course, with Roy working in the park between them, they, they saw that not only was our cricket wicket great, but uh, it, it was worthy of playing sides like South Africa and Pakistan. Jack Callis made his debut for Glamorgan at Pontypridd. I think he's 164, no doubt, which was a big thrill for us, you know. I needed to go once a week to uh, Pencoid College. Uh, which was uh, horticultural college and whatever. Um, but of course, in those days, without a car, it was almost impossible to get to a place like that. Wally uh, used to take me in his car. He had a little mini and he used to take me in his car quite often. So, you know, the days, those days were much, much different than uh, the days are today. You know, Pencoid is only uh, 20 minutes down the road now for me in the car. But uh, in those days... It was the other end of the earth. <laughs> My funniest, or is, it, it is funny in, in a way, uh, we played against Barry and it was a remarkable game. Now, Barry rose a very, very strong bat inside and quite a good ball inside. And they had a guy playing from Hugh Williams, I think his name was, but his nickname was Mad Max. Now, he was a little bit all over the place, but if he got it right, he was quick. And it was. And one game we went down there, wanted to bat on a shirt front when the toss went in, and the Sue Williams clean bowled numbers one, three, and four. So we were no runs for three wickets. And then Roy joined his brother Richard at the crease and put on the best part of 200. We finished well into the 200, which was a big score in those days. But then it was our turn to, to bowl, sorry. And in those days, you only had one ball. You didn't have a new ball either in it. So we often opened up with a spinner. So I opened the bowl in with... Uh, Roy and while fielding to Roy, I missed a catch and split my web in on my two bowling fingers, you know, my index finger and the middle finger. And I had to go off, I was pleading like a stuck pig. I, I, I had a towel wrapped around it, I just couldn't stop the bleeding, you know. So, anyway, we were, we, we were obviously losing the match. And at, at drinks, Richard, the captain, came up to me and said, Will you give it a go? I said, Look, you can see the blood. He said, Oh, never mind, a bit of blood won't hurt you. Have a bowl. So I bowled and had six wickets, <laughs> including two one-handed catches with with, with the with a bad finger, you know. Uh, then then after the game we were obviously in high spirits and we were very pleased and I probably had the odd beer too much. And it was turned it was my turn to go to the hospital for stitches. <laughs> but they said, Well, we can't give you any anesthetics because you've been drinking. So I had to I had to have a stitch the stitches in closing the web up and having to bite on a cloth, you know, rather like the old Wild West. 
Hi, Phil Steele from Scrum 5 here, uh, also a keen cricket fan. Just want to say congratulations to Ponderpreeth Cricket Club on attaining 150 years. That's a fantastic milestone for a great club. Got very fond memories of watching cricket at Anderson Garrett Park and uh, when the sun shines in the summer and with that backdrop, there's no better place to watch cricket in the whole of Wales. Also remember watching one of the great cricketers of our time play at Anderson Garrett Park. And as well as Tony Hallett, uh, I also saw Jack Callis play there as well for the first time in the flesh. So have a great year, everybody, and uh, here's to the next 150. Congratulations, Ponderpreeth. Of course, Wally Hoskins got the job as a groundsman uh, very much earlier than that, perhaps 10, 15 years earlier than that, when he finished in the, in the army, uh, by virtue of the fact that he was able to hold a place in the Ponderpreeth first eleven. In other words, the, the main ingredient of the groundsman in those days was that he, he was a very good cricketer. Well, what, what club players, I suppose, we medium pace, but uh, I, I, I had a natural outswinger. Not a big one, but I had a natural outswinger. But I, I changed that in, in, when, when league cricket tickled, just to be, just to bowl little off cutters that sort of would uh, tie up a batsman, you know, rather than... If you're bowling away swingers, you give them a chance to score, you know. But uh, uh, it was very negative bowling, to be honest. You bowl at the stumps, giving them no room. Well, you bowl as fast as you can, but when you go and watch the county boys playing, you realise uh, it's quite pedestrian. Well, again, I've got pictures of the first game played at Jensing Hyde Park. Um, and that was 1926. Uh, they also got another picture of 1929. And if you think of it, there was no stands or anything there. It was just the ground. But the picture shows that the ground was six or eight deep all the way around the ground. So they would come from the Rhonda Valleys, the Rumley Valleys or whatever, because obviously, uh, uh, apart from the cricket being, county cricket being played in Cardiff, uh, we, I think, were about the first club to have a county match, and that was 1926. Anything Harrod Park. It's, uh, I mean, the town is noted for its park. I mean, I have to say, without uh, offending anyone, it's it, 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 sporting areas, flower beds, or whatever. It's not as it was when I was a youngster, but that applies to lots of places, I suppose. With Ian Bishop, the, what I remember, uh, as as I said, Hugh uh, Morris and Richards were batting, and they, we were down on the. Down with the operating the secondary score box with a with a with the job of getting the ball back in if it came down to the boundary. But the, I, I remember Richards just leg glancing Bishop, and it came down to us. We only had to move about five yards, but the ball had gone. It, it just you know he bowled well into the nineties. Uh, frightening. And the, the other guy I remember, it was only a second team game. It was a very far. Fast hard wicket and a very guy called Van Troost bowling for Somerset. Now he was reputed to be to be one of the quickest in the world, but he could only bowl very short spells. And he wasn't very fit and he didn't have a great success. But for speed, he was up there. In our centenary book, there are lots of things that mentions in there who won the the, the Cadillac Williams for you know a period of ten, twelve years, and it was sides like uh, Anissa Bull, uh, Abba Cannon, and uh, the other side I remember from being a youngster was the Kefili Schoolmasters, and it was they were called the Kefili Druids, and they were full of school teachers, 
And by the way, of course, when I was a youngster in Pontypridd Cricket Club, uh, nine out of ten people in the club were teachers, <laughs> which is not the case today. I was I was very intimidated, if you like, as a young player by him because obviously they were well, my school teacher. There, you know, I've got to bowl to him or something like that. You know, I've got to, he's bowling to me and I'm batting. You know, in 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 the in the league now we suffer from it because we average about sixty inches of rain a year in uh, Pontypridd. Besides, down on the course or out in the Monmouthshire countryside, like us, they only get 30 inches of rain. We get twice the rain they do. If you remember Pontypridd, two valleys converge, two mountains converge, and, you know, the chances of the rain hitting one of them is uh, much higher than other places. And then on the Wednesday, we played the MCC, and that game was organised by Bill Edwards of Swansea. And if you think of the side that the MCC came to play in Pontypridd on a Wednesday, starting at midday, it included Tony Lewis, Don Shepherd, Jeff Jones, Ray Booth, or Roy Booth, who was the wicketkeeper for Gloucester, Jack Davy, who was to open the bowling for Gloucester. Now, I do remember, because I opened the batting that day, and <laughs> batting against him, and he was a lot quicker than we used to in our, in our league cricket, or, you know, very much quicker, quicker. I have to say that uh, just before Bill Edwards died, he got a mini cricket bat that was signed by the Pontypridd team and the MCC team on that day, 50 years ago. He made sure that that, that bat came uh, came to me or came to Pontypridd Club. I have it at home now. Uh, I, tre- I, cher- I cherish that. As, uh... Just got to be amazed at how this 2020 has taken off. Because 20 years ago, in the Ronda and Pontypridd, we had two divisions of eight. And if people, if the county boys you spoke to called it uh, uh, cake and ass cricket, they, they dismissed 20 over cricket. Now it's their main bread and butter. That's, that's the amazing turnaround for me. But the, the fitness of the players, you know, you, could you imagine calling Cowdery playing at this moment, you know? Pont and Fryth. We played there. It was, uh, the pitch was poor. It was always poor there, to be honest with you. But we went up there. We batted first. We got a, just over 100. Uh, Tony Hallert and myself opened the bowling. He was he was having him jumping all over the place, you know, take, looking like taking a wicket every ball. But uh, I have to say at the end, although I find, find it difficult to say this, um, Tony took one wicket and I took nine for nine. It was my day. Uh, I've, I, other days where I've scored centuries and, and taken eight, uh, eight wickets for 14 against Bridgend. I wasn't going to mention it. Cricket is the most unpredictable game that's ever invented. Uh, we played at Cardiff uh, in 1964, and that was the old Arms Park ground where Glamorgan played, of course, before Sophia Gardens. Uh, we'd played three games prior to going down. They won the three, and thinking we were we were a good side, we won the toss. Oh, we'll bat! It's beautiful down here, and the the pitch was like a road. And Cardiff bowled us out for 15, one five. Tony Cordell, who then went on later to play for Glamorgan, and Peter Gatehouse, who was a, a, a quick left-arm bowler. I mean, the ball was flying at us. I think it was six uh, wickets caught behind the wicket. Gatehouse took six for 11 and Cordell four for none. And out of the 15, four were leg buys. <laughs> and another pr- a proud one was the, the first year we started uh, a new league called the uh, uh, Welsh Cricket Alliance, and that was in 1990. We played against Newport Fugitives in the park, and it was the first time on a Saturday that uh, anyone in our league had scored 300 on the day. 
And it was a, a big thing for me because we'd been talking about it all that season. The pitches in Pontypridd then were beautiful. The outfield was magnificent. Um, you know, and it was a it was a pleasure to play there. Everyone who came there said the same. And uh, but of course, it always sticks in my mind because I had the captain's father to take a photograph of the sight screen uh, with three hundred and one up on the board. Well, four years ago, we had a very strong side. We we got to the quarterfinals of the Welsh Cup, but the game was abandoned, which we thought we could win, but it, it was abandoned, and we had to bowl out, and, and we lost on that, and we were third in the league. But that particular year, we lost our three highest run-getters for various reasons. Johnny Hughes retired, because Johnny X to Morgan. We had a very strong side, but we have lost players for various reasons over the last four years. So we probably not very strong at the moment. We, we've got Ponty boys playing for us. We've got to make the best of us and we've got to rise, you know, and get better. Yes, I, I think that um, in my early days, dare I say, the, the, the people that had sort of influence on me rather than being, if uh, you uh, <laughs> like, one of the boys. Obviously, it was Wally Hoskins. He was the coach. He was the groundsman. He was always there. Uh, he'd, he'd pick up a bat. He'd pick up a stump and have us kids to bowl to him, you know. And if you passed the stump, you know, you'd uh, run about uh, shaking your hand, saying, well, you know, I bowled him out. So, uh, and of course, uh, uh, the other one would be Dil Volk, who was, who was there as a young lad from the grammar school. And he was there until he died. He ended up as the president of the club, obviously. And this is something that I will also do myself. I will be there from a very early age. And I hope to live until I'm 100. And if I'm there, my wife can wheel me down in my wheelchair. <laughs> With the youngsters, we had a Midland Morgan League in the 13th, 15th century. That, that is packed up. In the night, you've got to travel so far to play. So people get fed up of coming, not playing. But now they, we've started again. We started right from the beginning. And we've got some nice people doing the work. And it's nice to see all the kids playing, and plus girls as well. My two granddaughters are playing for the under-nines. Uh, I'm very much hands-on. I'm at the ground 8 o'clock, up past 8 every morning when we play. I set the ground out, putting the rope out and all the rest of it. And that's where I see my uh, future, it, it, you know, until I can't do it. I'm struggling uh, as I'm getting older, I must admit. It's not so easy as a... As it was, I used to do it in an hour, get the ground looking beautiful, and it takes me more like two now, so that's why i got to get there at eight. Hi, this is Matthew Maynard. My cricketing memories of Ponty Cricket Club at Anasangal Park are, are numerous, actually, from the marquee falling down to batting at the other end uh, when Jack Callis made his debut for Glamorgan and scored 151. But I, I guess my favourite one... Uh, we actually got bowled out by Hampshire. Uh, Malcolm Marshall, in particular, was very dangerous uh, on on that wicket, and uh, he got fourteen in the game. And uh, our scorer Byron Dunning announced to the disappointed Glamorgan fans that if they would like to write to the club um, to to show their disappointment, please write to Malcolm Marshall, care of Hampshire County Cricket Club. It stuck with me for a very long time. Byron Downing 
was a very special man. But uh, great memories of Ponty. And this in your 150 year, I'd like to wish you a fantastic time. And hopefully you'll get some cricket this year. And we'll see you from Glamorgan at some stage in the future. I love playing there. All the very best, guys. Oh, I would say I've been so damn lucky in cricket. Not only on the field, is off the field. I've made so many great friends. Uh, a couple of us, we, we, we went on tour with uh, Sudbrook to, to Barbados. Boys' own trip. And then a couple of years later, we went with the uh, Members Cricket Club. Three or four of us and the wives, you know. And you, you've made friends for life then when you go on tour with people. Couldn't have been any luckier. Just couldn't have. I enjoyed every minute I was on the cricket field. And I enjoyed just just as much after, you know, uh, with, with the opposition. And well, I am very, very worried, generally about cricket itself, and very, very much so about Pontypridd as well. Uh, if you think now, with uh, this year we would be celebrating our 150th year, we had various things planned, you know, at different games we were going to have. Uh, uh, dinner at the end of the year in the Swellig Stadium. With uh, the virus hitting us, uh, that's been all cancelled. Very, very unfortunate for us. We were hoping it would be a bit of a springboard and uh, numbers would numbers would increase. But to be perfectly honest with you, it's been quite the reverse. We had a very poor season last season. Uh, it, like all clubs, I suppose, they go through different uh, times. It's a little bit of a cycle. And at the moment, we are on the bottom of that cycle. So, uh, you know, I, I am worried about the, the, the future. But if I've got anything to do with it, which I have, I will try my very best uh, to keep it going. Uh, my son is now 54. Uh, he still plays. Now, my son is the secretary of the club. So we are, if you like, keeping it in the family. Uh, but he works very, very hard for the club. And of course, then we go to the other end. The other end, obviously, we still got Tony Hallett after fifty years, and Tony is now the president of the club. And you asked earlier about Tony, or you asked earlier about uh, characters. I mean, dare I say, Tony Hallett is the biggest character in uh, perhaps local Welsh cricket, let alone Pontypridd cricket. Everyone knows Tony. He's got a a joke for every hour of the day. So Roy, Roy, captain the side. He was match manager, then he became chairman, and he's a brilliant chairman. Without any doubt, we wouldn't have a club. He, he keeps us going. With the help of his son, we help to a certain degree, but without them too, there'd be no club. I mean, life has changed, and therefore we've had a, a, a change the game of cricket as well. This, this is why the, the top game has gone down to 50 overs. Very exciting, more exciting than test cricket, so they say. Not in my book, of course. They've gone down to 20 over cricket now. And of course, the 100 over, 100 ball game was due to take place this summer, but it's been cancelled, of course, because of the virus. So, they, you know, and we are following this. In my days, the, you know, the Saturday afternoon cricket was a time game. You start at two o'clock and it, uh, tea was at five o'clock. But of course, you often batted on if it was a slow start. And then you set the other side, time to win the game and not overs. Overs were hardly mentioned. Other people listening to this would, would totally understand, uh, you know, what I say. So things have totally changed, but not all for the best. I, I was the youth team manager for 20 years. I've been fixture secretary for probably as long. 
and then I went off and was the club's representative in on a few bodies, you know, ended up being chairman of the Premier League in South East Wales. And, uh, but now I'm, oh, I'm still fixture secretary, but I try to get to every game. I, I tend to go to more home games because I've always got my granddaughters with me. And Ponapreeth Park, uh, Anasarad Park, is such a lovely place to go. I remember my two sons growing up coming up, coming with me because their mother used to work on the weekend. They were made so welcome in all the cricket clubs and they were looked after and they, and they were spoilt rotten by all the ladies in the tea rooms. Same thing at rugby. I played rugby for Treherbert and again on weekends they came with me and uh, oh, wherever we went in for food, oh, look at those lovely blonde boys. For instance, when I was chairman of the Premier League, I went to four different grounds every Saturday, with three divisions of 10. I went to three different grounds every Saturday just to get a feeling of what's going on on the, on the shop floor sort of thing. And, uh, you know, Ben Edwards, I was in, in the Welsh cricket board. I was on that and uh, I give that up. And then I, I was still the youth team representative for Ponty on the Alliance. And then two years later, I end up chairman of the, uh, in South East Wales, the, the Premier League Oh, I've, and, and there was lots of meetings at Lords, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and lots of meetings here, there, and everywhere, but all enjoyable. You make so much friends, but never, it doesn't come close to playing. The camaraderie you get when playing is something else. Before I ended the interviews with uh, Edwina, Roy, and Tony, I asked them what they thought about the future for cricket in pont I think the, the cricket will still carry on because as a lot of the children are interested. They've all been doing the All-Stars programmes. We will have, uh, you know, continue to play all the uh, various sports. There's lots of football in town. The rugby is really, really popular. Tennis, I mean, the, the, the sports department, have, uh, they're just opening a new library and a gym in Pontypridd, which I'm going to be working in. And it's absolutely amazing. It's got all the facilities We've got a lot to look forward to. Yes, uh, I, I do see a future, sorry. Even as oldies, we've got to work harder and do our best to encourage the youngsters. My idea when I was coaching was to facilitate them playing cricket, get them enjoying cricket. The finer points would come later, you know. If you get the kids happy, well, if they're happy, they'll want to come every week. And uh, I think this is a thing we have to concentrate on. I know it's an old cliche, but I, w- I wouldn't have changed one moment. To me, that place and cricket itself is everything. Indeed, that's a very good way of putting it. We are definitely not out. Even if I have to turn out myself, we'll get the team on the field. Some great memories there from Pontypris. Many thanks to Roy, Tony and Edwina for giving up their time to share them. Okay, so let's see how the pod's been going. As of yesterday, we had 80 downloads. Thank you to all those that have taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed it, please carry on listening, but don't forget we want your stories too. Thanks to those from all corners of Wales who've started following us on Twitter, including Putalbert Town Cricket Club Juniors, Anissa Geron Sports and Social Club, Potadawe Cricket Club, Carnarvon Cricket Club, Carmel and District Cricket Club, Anistawe Cricket Club, Monmouth Cricket Club and Bethesda Cricket Club. Also to Glamorgan Cricket and Cricket Wales and to St David's Press, a Welsh publisher with a strong connection to Welsh sport, including cricket. And last but not least, to our new individual followers, including Lawrence Hurahan, Rick Walton, Cricket Man Wales, 
MCC member Paul Rees and GTFM Pontypris rugby and cricket reporter Johan Dyer. You too can find us on Twitter at Welsh Cricket Pod. Thanks also to Jan Gray for his work on our Facebook page, which currently includes photos and which will feature in future links to stories and content on the Museum of Welsh Cricket website. Find us on Facebook at CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast. Okay, um, we've talked a little bit about on the podcast about this uh, idea of having my club, our story feature. The idea is that club cricketers come on the show and talk about a specific memento or artefact from their club. We will hopefully have our first contribution in this feature next week. After the Welsh language interview with Ed Bevan about playing at Lords, we've made contact with Gowerton Cricket Club and four more of the 1975 Cup winning side will be with us to talk about the day and their memories of it. We are trying our best to make contact with clubs, but please don't hesitate to get in touch. If you're a player, a spectator or someone who just loves their cricket, do get in touch with us with a photo of your memento. We'll be happy to get you onto future episodes of the pod. You can contact us at mwcpod1921 at gmail.com. So don't forget, find us on Twitter at Welsh Cricket Pod, Facebook at CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket, and email at mwcpod1921 at gmail.com. Join us next week when we'll have an interview with Prem Sisodia, the first Welsh-born Asian cricketer to play for Glamorgan. See you then.